This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Motorhead fans, get excited. Out now on Nuclear Blast Records is the brand new debut record from legendary Motorhead guitarist Phil Campbell entitled Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, The Age of Absurdity. Available on CD, vinyl, and for digital download at NuclearBlast.com. Believe me, dude, this record does not disappoint. So make your way on over to NuclearBlast.com and pick up your copy today. Hey, Tool fans, your dreams are going to come true in 2018. There's a war coming, and it's not going to be pretty. Um, In the breakdown, in Portuguese, I say, suck my dick. Oh, God. (laughs) Maynard James Keenan's stand-up comedy special. Crazy, extreme, just Salem witch trial. Do I look like a fucking alcoholic? It's like not even noon. Oh, God. One night only. Get your tickets today. We're the same people that did those awful things to each other. There's no difference. We're still monsters. Look, I love you guys, but I'm not going to cancel a week of Japanese shows just to bail your incredibly sweet asses out of another jam. Oh, God. <laughs> um. Laugh with Maynard. Ha <laughs> Um. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Hey, everybody. Metal Sucks Podcast. Uh, I am your host, uh, Petter Speich. I'm always joined by Brandon Hahn. Hello. And Jocelyn Sharp. Ooh, we missed you, Jocelyn. How are you? I'm great. Awesome. So, wow, so you've never given me that type of excitement. Because you're always here. Oh. And you're irritating. Mm-hmm. That's fine. We, we talk about that all the time. This week, guys. <laughs> yeah, this week. I get to interview none other than Zach Wilde. We are going to be talking about Black Label Society's new record, Grimace Hits, which is out right now. If you don't have a copy already, run out to the store and get that. But before we do that, guys, we are going to talk about some of the news. Now, one of the news stories that uh, we always talk about the Tool updates on this show for some reason, because we are fans and we do care. This week's Tool update came from a little tweet from uh, Maynard James Keenan. And we all know he's a very kind of funny guy, right? But his, uh, his comment on Twitter was, uh, Tool took over 11 years to complete the tracks. To write the lyrics, I will only take half of that. So, A, do you think he's joking? Yes. Obviously, right? Uh, B, is it weird that he said Tool took over 11 years to complete the tracks when he's in Tool? Yes. It's very weird. Is he implying that he just didn't show up for like yeah. 11 years? He's just like, whatever. Those guys that I work for. And they, like, Bye. It's, it's like being a, an employee of Home Depot. Like, do you right. sit there and say, we made all this money? Yeah. No, you fucking, your Home Depot made the money, but then they paid you for mixing paint. That's one way to look at it. Which is kind of like, from that comment, it seems that way. Like, oh, I'm uh, I'm just getting paid to, right. to, to do this, but those guys are tool. Right. Which isn't, the case. it's not the case. It can't be the case, right? Well, maybe to him, he it has is. to be joking. I think. I think. But I. I, I it kind of rhymes. That's weird. I do think he's joking when it comes to him saying that it'll take me half that time because I know. I know because there have been plenty of other interviews that said that Maynard's writing lyrics for the songs right now. Yeah, they were coming out okay. hot and hard or whatever. Right. So, <laughs> don't you remember that? Yeah, just two weeks ago when Jocelyn was here last. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a little Caesar's pizza. So, <laughs> five dollars hot and hard, hot and hard. 
I would go to Little Caesars yeah. way more if that's what you got Hot, for five dollars. Hard and ready. <laughs> Pizza. Eat it. He, ha- it. he has to be joking. He has to be joking. But my thing is, is I think he's joking about the the lyrics. But as far as him saying like Tool only took this amount of time, like and just basically saying that there's a separation between him and Tool, that might be true, right? Because I because whenever this guy talks about his projects. He's like, he's like, look, you know, I'm just an individual, but I got all these groups that I kind of hang out with. But they, I, he never really refers to them as his group, you know? Like he, 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 it's like him and then the other guys. He's a lone wolf, man. But when you look at a perfect circle, that is the case. Like Billy Howardell, he writes all the music. Everybody knows that. And then when he has it, he obviously gives it to Maynard. And Maynard is just the vocalist of his band. That is a perfect circle. But Tool never really had that stigma. It was always kind of like a four-group kind of thing it was so in this situation when he's talking like that i think it, he's just probably trying to piss off the fans yeah why why would someone want to piss off their own fans i think just when con- danny carey and adam jones both were like hey it's coming out this year and justin chancellor all of them have said it's coming out this year but then man just gonna be like let me piss off my fans well i think what it is though is because number one if you saw justin chancellor or danny carey just walking down the street you wouldn't know who the fuck they are mm-hmm. you know maynard on the other hand he's the face of the band even though for years he was trying not to be but now at this point he has reached that legendary rock star status yeah and when you are the face of the band you have to answer for the whole band so in a situation like this where it takes out so long for them to put out a record, we're talking 11 years of him hearing, hey, so when's a new Tool album coming out? When's a new Tool album yeah. coming out? When's a new Tool album coming out? I'm sure after a while, he's just like, you know what? Let me just fuck with these sheep. And then, I, and then yeah, I'll get fans and then, are sheep to, to him, Maynard? to him. Okay. Yes. Okay. No, but, uh, I feel like he just has a comics bone in his body. He likes to goof off. That's he what, likes to be funny. And when he sees anything where it's like, Oh, I could poke this and somebody might, that's what I'm getting might be upset. I don't think I, I think, but my point is though, is like when you are one of these fans and it's like, you, all you do is live, breathe and sleep a certain band. Right. Come on. You're pathetic. Yeah. Get your shit together. Yeah. And that's what Maynard's pretty much saying. He's like, look, I'll get to the fucking music, guys. Just relax a little. I'll get there. The but again, I- but for 11 years, constant badgering. For 11 years, every time you interview Maynard, by the way, which I have done, and it was awkward. Everybody's done, yeah. But my, and it's always awkward. But, but my thing <laughs> right. is always the very first thing, the very first thing, because he never does interviews when it comes to Tool. He always only does interviews when it comes to Perfect Circle and Pussifer. Pussifer's horrible, so obviously he's like, all right, I'll get, get the word out or whatever. Right. So he puts a little bit more work into talking to the media and stuff like that when that shit band hits the road. But a Perfect Circle, though, it's like he does it. But again, just like you said, that's not really his band. Well, what even the way you're talking, it sounds like the disconnect is between him and the other guys. It seems like the other guys are on the same page. And he's he his, this is what it sounds like to me. It's like he's blaming the other guys for taking so long for putting out the music because he's not a part of that. Right. And he's not. He's he's obviously no. He's not already said he was. Yeah. So he's like. So he's blaming the other guys for taking so long. So he doesn't want to answer questions for the other guys taking so long. And now that the other guys are saying, "Hey, it's going to happen now." All we're waiting on is Maynard. He's kind of digging at them to be like, "You know what, dude? These guys took eleven years. So I'm going to take my fucking time as a joke." That's what I see. But I do see that strife happening where. He doesn't want to take the blame for the, the, how long the record's taking, but at this point, he's the only one that's left to finish the record, and he's the last person in line, so he feels like they're blaming him. But I also think... That makes a lot of sense. It does make a that's lot of sense. I think it does make a lot of sense, but I also think that the constant badgering, the constant badgering, at this point, every time you ask him a tool question, he's going to give an co- answer like that. I, or, I or maybe he just left predictive text on, and it's an autocorrect. Mm. Well, he did delete the tweet 
pretty much right after. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe like pretty intentional. Like, hey, bro, you're blaming us. We're blaming you. Let's stop and just fucking yeah. write this. Chance or calls him up, just goes, "What the fuck? All right, I'm deleting it." I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, I, I thought it was oh, funny. I, I, you know, I, I was just kidding. I thought I thought we would all have like a big tool chuckle. But no, I that, guess that, not. that's how I am with Brandon. Delete that fucking tweet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? It happens a lot. It happens a lot. No, it's usually something like uh, I'll get mad at someone and then I wish that their you know their their kid ends up having like a there's always HPV like the tree man or something. You know what I mean? Okay, first no, of all, HPV a, doesn't make you into the tree man. No, it does. But that's a whole other conversation. Swear to God, swear to God, it's a form of HPV. Tree man. Like what he has, all that shit growing off his off his legs and. and I pants. usually want you to delete the word "cunt" from your tweets. That's all, or your Facebook. I've done that kind of. Yeah, you have a lot of cunts in there. I do for no reason. No, no, no. There's plenty of reasons. The Cleveland Cavaliers is cunts is not a, is not. No, a good no, reason. no. Not the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> and this was LeBron James was a cunt, and that was only because he left the Cavs. And then when he came back to the Cavs, no more cunt text. So moving tweets. So so just to keep on the same kind of topic, because I am curious, like like. Since the, the, the climate of the music industry has changed, which has been a decade now, uh, longer, probably 15 years, with the streaming services and all that stuff, bands, it's well known, do not make money off of album sales like they used to. Do you think that gives bands like Tool just a reason to not have to focus because it doesn't, there isn't a monetary gain? It's more or less a monetary loss, possibly, for most of these bands. Um, do you think that's a reason that a lot of things are being delayed? That's question number one. What do you guys think? I think when you're a band like Tool and you're like, look, we already have an impressive catalog as it is. We could go on the, we can go where everyone makes their money is on the road. Huge, yeah. you're fan, in a band huge fan base. Yeah, yeah. So you make your money on the road. You make no money when you put out a new album, especially when you're, especially when you're an established band like Tool. Mm hmm. You make no money okay. by doing that. Oh, I know. That's, that's what I just said. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's so he's what's what's the point? What's I, the point? Because I, I think that performing shitty music live is still shitty music. Like, I don't think that you can just like let rest on your laurels. I think that they're also artists and they probably still want to try and create. Something. You're totally right about that. But I, but at this point, though, they've obviously have they, they've lost all the fuel or all the all the all the momentum all the momentum all the other reasons to go out there and constantly put like with somebody like tool you know and, and other artists like i think when you're younger you're all about like people have to hear this they have to hear it they, they have to hear what i have to say and you're very passionate about that well when you're a band like tool that's been around for going on what 25 years yeah 30 years 20 yeah you know, like, uh, I mean, yeah, almost three. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like when you're a band like that, that's been doing it for so long. And again, four records in 30 years. Jesus. <laughs> yes. Wow. You just, you just like, but that's what <laughs> I'm getting damn. at, dude. Okay. I mean, but that's what I'm getting at. I just think that they've lost the passion to go out there. I think what it was not necessarily the passion to make art, but now they don't care what people think. But also like just to segue into just people making records, like the new machine head record. Okay. Uh, it's polarizing to say the least, but they've completely changed their sound. A lot of the music on there is completely different out of left field. The four records they did before that, from Through the Ashes all the way to Bloodstone Diamonds, really well received. Bloodstone Diamonds uh, charted well, sold well, everybody loved it. And because they know they're not going to make money on a record, do you think they're like, you know what, let's take a chance and, and just do what we want because it doesn't really matter? 
because we can always tour the older songs. Do you think that's another factor on bands that are willing to just change their sound? There, there, there can be an argument for that being more artistically freeing. Because if because they're, they're not going to make money and it doesn't matter. Right, because if Go. they're not going to make money, then it's really just making the music for the music. And then they know they're going to tour. They know they're going to see their fans. And they know their fans are going to come out and see them perform live. So, But new music to me, this is because this is where I... I'm not saying that it's the best option, because I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just uh, saying. I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> like with the Machine Head record. Theoretically. So... Um, but like, for example, like with the Tool stuff, this is where I, I disagree with your argument is because as a fan, I've seen Tool since 10,000 Days, I think four times. And I, I used to get really excited, but I, I don't anymore because the set list is the same set list. You know, they always visually make the show completely different. So that's something for like a fan, you know, to enjoy. But a lot of bands aren't in that certain category where something where when the machine head has the backlash or like the suicide silence had the backlash and all that stuff. I do think that the fact that they know they're not going to make money on the record sales, they're going to take bigger risks. But my thing is though, this is where I have an argument with that. Uh, as much as, as much as we all love machine head, uh-huh. they are not tool. They're not going to be able to sell out. Like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not comparing them. I'm just comparing but, 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 two but, scenarios. But, yeah. but what I'm saying is though, is like when you are a band like machine head, you still have to take the, you take bring the it. fans. You have to bring it and you definitely have to take the you fans. You can lose into the account. live fans. Yes. Yeah. You definitely have to take into account your fans and how they're going to receive your new music tool. On the other hand, they could put out 45 minutes of a fart. Yeah. You're like from start to finish, just one 45 minute long fart. And guess what? People will buy it. They'll be pissed. Still won't affect their attendance. Mm. Machine Head is, a, is one of those bands where it's like if they make a different style of sound, they could Tool, lose their audience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tool is always experimenting. Like one album is so different from the other. Machine Head, not going to say they don't experiment, mm-hmm. not going to say they don't step out of their comfort zone. But if they go too far out, like this new record, on the other hand, there is going to be a backlash. <laughs> and you, you might, you, you are. And especially fans like Machine Head too, where it's like the metal fans, they are those crazed metal fans where they're like, fucking metal, you fucking sell out. You know, that's the tool fans aren't like that. No. Tool fans are like more of the alternative. They're more of the alternative yeah. and they're just like, hey, you know, we'll let them do their thing. Machine Head, on the other hand, they have a different kind of And that's following. the thing with alternative is that bands like Primus, Tool, they can do what they want. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Do you think with like the, if we talk about that machine head level, do you think maybe that it might be like a middle finger to the music industry? Like that is a possibility that there's some, they sat around a table and they were pissed and then they wrote a song that was just That's a good point. I mean, mean, it could be, but that that's, and that's the question is like, but as Brandon was saying, is like, wouldn't that hurt them somehow in in, in their pocket, in their way? if if machine and it's for me as a, I'm a huge fan of Machine Head as as you guys know Jocelyn's a huge fan of Machine Head yeah. Brandon's Brandon's a fan too but the point is like for me like the the four records they put out before Catharsis right was really like they're all they're all excellent you know Blackening I think a lot of people consider it to be one of the best records in the last ten fifteen years for sure uh, and so they're all excellent and the momentum and what they've done is they've kind of like cemented themselves in the metal world without really any question of how awesome they are like like the last four Sugar records the last four dark Trilli- tranquility records you know opeth from blackwater park all the way to watershed these things and then when opeth did their thing machine head went that way and so it worked for opeth i think because when i see them live now the attendance is, seems to be more than i remember back in the day but i don't know if it works for them all overall because obviously i don't listen to their records as much so with this record though the catharsis one i don't know what they were trying to do i don't know what their goals were um, however, I don't think if, if record sales equaled money that they would have 
um, maybe gone this route. I, think I don't they think would have probably stick stuck to. Because, I mean, Unto the Locust to Bless Them, they're completely different records. They change on every record, yet they always kept their uh, signature, signature sound. sound. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this one, this one has a couple songs of signature sound. But no, I'm think, I think they even sold it to the, to the world. It's like, no, we, we went left field. And now the 15 songs on this record, I mean, half are like not just left field. They're like way left field. Well, Look, you know? If, if, you know? if some no-talent broad like Taylor Swift can do a pop song, a rock song, a country song, and try and cross genres, then, then you know. Fuck it. Who are we to say Machine Head can't? That's right. You know? I, I can't. <laughs> I'm like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't, 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 don't write a song about Stop. fucking Jake Gyllenhaal, the machine head. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm not saying they should write Taylor Swift songs. I'm just saying if that broad can cross genres, they can try to. They, see, they see, I don't know if they can, cause I don't think the fans are the same. No, that's what I'm getting I, I don't at. Think, well, I don't think I, that's I think a really that they option. deserve a chance. They I, have I, a chance. I agree with fairness, but yeah. there's no fairness in You're metal. Right. You're right. This is heavy metal. Yeah. And they have it. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, they could have a chance of getting a brand. Th- this album album is so different that they have a chance of just getting a completely new <laughs> Set fan of fans that they hate. like whoa whoa nice juggalo tattoo or whatever you know what i mean like i didn't expect to see you here yeah that's a good point so and the, and to keep on the machine head to- topic one story that did come out this where former machine head bases adam deuce uh he did comment on the record without even hearing it which i thought was rather tacky but how do you guys feel about like there's a uh, it was a bitter split between them two game over on blessed over that was about adam deuce um how do you feel about uh when you hear you see old band members criticize material they weren't on isn't it just bitter and kind of like i think sad? It, yeah it just makes me feel bad for that i'm like you're, yeah. you're so sad and petty that, that you're yeah. sitting around you're criticizing something that you had no part in contributing yeah. to and you know exactly how hard it is to do that well at the same time though Let's just look at it from the other perspective. Ooh, if you're this guy, if you're this, if 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 you're Adams, if you're Adams' uh, perspective, okay, the band kicked you out. No more, you know, you're not in the band. So now you're watching this band kind of go on and do things. It's almost, it's like just like a divorce, where it's like all of a sudden, you know, my wife bumps, kicks me to the curb. All of a sudden, she's with somebody younger, better looking. I don't want to sit there and look at her and go, oh yeah, I'm so happy for her. Go out there and do your thing, girl. Like no, so I'm gonna be silent. fucking pissed. And my thing, that's what I'm setting it. But 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 again. Was this guy prompted to say these things? No. So he just went on Twitter or whatever. Oh, no, just- I, I believe, let me, let me go that. He went on, uh, I don't know if it was a Facebook, it was a post. He said, this is his quote. Not that I've heard any of this fuckery, nor have I listened to one song written since I left, as I couldn't be bothered. So why the fuck are you, is it right away, you're taking you're what lost. you're about to yeah, write. all your credibility's out the yeah, window. Yeah, get the hell out of here. Yeah. You, you haven't even heard this shit. Yeah. Exactly. Right? And then he followed to say, uh, but these outfits, talking about the white outfits that the guys are wearing and all their promo stuff in the video for Catharsis, but these outfits look gay AF. Oh. <gasps> How dare you? Wow. Gay as fuck, right? Okay. No, just abbreviating as fuck. Oh, I, th- I, thought, <laughs> I, I was like, I thought you were saying, I, I don't know what it means. Are you, you were... a 13 year old girl on Tumblr? Why did you yeah. say AF? I uh, hate yeah. that. Why, why, why are their outfits a uh, gay air force? I don't understand this. It <laughs> makes no sense. Which is what I would probably think it meant. Yeah. <laughs> you would. Cause yeah. Cause I'm me. It's so funny. Just hearing somebody talk. Like I used to talk when I was 14. Right. You know what I mean? Like a grown man. I think he's just jealous. Cause inside we all want white suits. I want to look that way right like a villain yeah you know or like i live in miami yeah like yeah like a maybe, sounds fun maybe like a, a hawaiian shirt underneath the white suit but but, but it kind of fans over my chest hair like it like yeah it. there you go he's give, just a hater give me some coke oh we don't use the word hater do we 
We I do. Can. I, guess I don't. We can. I, I don't. But Jaws I'm is 29. Like, yeah, so. she's way younger. Than <laughs> she's not, yeah, she still has a little. I still have she my has youth. remnants of her soul left. So. <laughs> and it sucks because like the machine head, the machine head <laughs> that I saw. Grow- and that's another thing is that Adam Deuce was in the band during the Burning Red and the right. Supercharger era. He was in the band. And I did mean, they wear white suits then? No, I mean that's probably why he's pissed. No, dude, their outfits <laughs> were worse on Burning Red. But I'm not even going to say yeah, anything. Those about- outfits were gay marines. <laughs> not, I'm not. Gay <laughs> <laughs> Marines is not gay or force. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying for it. I'm not He's, standing for I, that's it. just the most bitter thing ever. It sucks. I hate seeing stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, and you know, like I said, it's it's just one of those things that are tacky. Uh, another thing that I thought was real uh, real interesting this week is that uh, Stone Temple Pilots did announce that they are going to release a new record March 14th, self titled, just like the last the last record they did with Scott Weiland. Bands do that. They do the double self titles all the time now. Kills Which Engage did it. Other bands do it. So, but what I found uh, interesting is that this record's coming out March 14th, but they haven't really toured like a long time with this new singer. So, do you guys think it's a mistake for them to record and put out an album without actually showing this guy to the world because they can tour sell this guy to us and then we can be like i'm excited about a new record well first off jeff gut was a contestant on one of these these singing shows so millions of people have seen this guy sing already and and he is top notch i mean mm, upper echelon really? he is excellent okay okay but <laughs> jesus Christ, go, keep going. i've never seen more disbelief no, on someone's face well, before thing, yeah, yeah, I, I want every x factor guy to replace uh sound Look, i'm not saying you know, like, i'm not saying no but my thing is i'm not saying it's a that b- thing worked well hey, <laughs> right. i'm not saying i'm not saying i agree with it i'm not saying but again this goes against pete's metal fuck, no no, you know. no it's you just you keep selling the top-notch thing. no i'm just saying yeah. he's a top-notch singer okay. all right so millions of people have already seen but is guy. he a top-notch front man in a rock band i guarantee you he's going to be able to do his job but my thing is is how can you guarantee mm, that i can what, guarantee you know this guy it. i can Look, guarantee it <laughs> you know, i've seen him sing before dude he goes up there and he commands he knows what he's doing Ooh, he can sing but can he spend 12 hours in a tour bus can he wake up in the morning and fly can he do all the things that's that are required? The, that's what I was going to say. Does he have the stamina? So my thing is, is like, can he do the job on stage? Yes. But the travel and all that stuff, I mean, until you try that, you could sit there and dream. You can, you could, you, you know, you, you can, you can have these delusions of how it's going to be. But until you are actually doing it, it's the same thing like when people bitch about things like they have no idea that they're talking about, you know? Right. Like, like they look at a movie and they, they watch Platoon and they go, oh, that's what war is. They're like, mm, it's, it's, no. no, it's not at all like that, you know? Same thing with being a rock star where it's like, yeah, sure, it looks great when you watch somebody on stage. Oh, cool, you're getting all that puss. Awesome. You know what I mean? But then when you're doing it in different room every single night, you don't get to see your family. You don't get to see anybody that you're you know you're you're stuck in this box with like three other guys all the fucking time it's like until you try that I like out, how you said that you're getting all this puss but you don't see your family yeah. <laughs> positive positive no. win win well i'm not win, saying win. i'm not saying married with a kid i'm talking about no you know, family lots yes. of talking about mom and dad i'm talking about your mom and dad and gotcha. your sister or whoever your close friends i mean you don't get to see those people this you know true. no i agree i agree with you in, in that but i kind of little bit hope that he's like really good at it and goes on like an 80s like just nosedive just full on rock he stars. commands a presence just <laughs> I just want I just, I just want him to like hey, Alright so you know you nothing that. about what Jeff Gutt's going through I know nothing Because he's no doing karaoke <laughs> You've never even done it on Rock Band Get the fuck out of here he's You have doing no karaoke. idea what you're talking you're about You're right he's, do, he's doing Rock Band karaoke That's right? exactly what it is I know but oh, that's what I, that hurts But you're yeah, upset that kind but, of hurts, but, my thing, but this is my point 
when you're the DeLeo brothers and you have a band, a br- it's, you're more than a band. You're a brand. Stone Temple Pilots, no matter where you go, yeah. you're going to be able to sell tickets. You have to keep that going for your ch- like, now they have to they have to feed their families. I'm not against get, them keeping it going. What are they going to do? They're going to start up another band I and think, call it something else. Hey, it doesn't work. It, it it might. It won't. I know they did Army of Anyone and it didn't work, but I think a lot of people clamor for like them to actually do more stuff it's with because Richard Patrick. It's what well, so. Richard Patrick. How many hits does he? How many hits does Filter have compared to Stone Temple Pilots? Filter's got a ton of hits, but yeah. not compared to not Stone, Stone Temple Pilot. Hits. No. Not, not no. I mean in comparison, but Filter actually they got a lot of hits. But that's not the point. The point is is that I'm not. I'm not anti um, the Jeff Gutt thing. I'm not. I really ain't. But I really think that they should tour uh, extensively and then maybe put out a record with this guy. Because I feel like they had the record written and they're just going to go throw something out there. And I want it to be top notch because I want it to work. That's all it is. I just feel it's kind of getting rushed, anyways. So uh, he had to have this. He had to have heat behind him in order to get in front of Stone Temple Pilots for them to give him a shot. Correct? I'm not saying that's incorrect, but I just don't remember there being an. Ex- I'm just like, saying. I'm we're, sure we're, when they saw him, and I'm sure when they, I'm sure when they, they saw him sing, uh, they were like, "This is the guy." There's no doubt. I have no doubt that you know this guy. <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> My last name is Gut. Yeah, I have no doubt you're friends with this guy. You're protecting no, him way too intensely. I just hate purist attitude. I fucking so, hate anyways. <laughs> okay, guys. Before my interview with Zach Wild, I apologize for insulting Brandon's friend, Jeff. Dude, <laughs> this March, me from a car. This March, Metal Blade Records will release Twitching Tongue's fourth full length, gaining purpose through passionate hatred. Directly inspired by film scores, the record has a strong, epic feel, while also maintaining the same levels of hardness and aggression that have characterized their latter work. Preview your copy now at metalblade.com slash twitching tongues. Again, metalblade.com slash twitching tongues. And with that, guys, we're moving on. Here is my interview with Zach Wild. Hey, everybody, it's Petter, uh, Metal Sucks Podcast here on the phone. I got Zach Wild. Uh, you're currently on tour, man. How's the tour going? <laughs> it's going fine. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's good. My, uh, my vagina is, uh, at, is back in working condition. And it's amazing what duct tape, duct tape and Gorilla Glue can accomplish. Yeah, there what we we did. Uh, that's one thing I wanted to touch on that there was issues with that. Um, but you got to understand I, the way I saw it is that I got to interview Woody uh, from COC before the tour started, and I remember saying, "I'm like, you're going on tour December 27th in the winter, and you're going 60 straight days." I'm like, "Someone's got to get. There's got to be someone that's going to get sick in this tour." And uh, I think that was you, Zach. So how's everybody else doing? That, um, everybody else is doing good. They're uh, eating their black label spinach and stocking up on the female growth hormone. So everybody's doing good. <laughs> Excellent, man. So you are at a hundred percent right now. Uh, yes. Uh, the, well, you know, it's just uh, everything's glued back together, and uh, the duct tape's holding well. So it's doing good, brother. <laughs> Great to hear, man. Spraying, you don't want to mess with a you know spraying fallopian tube. You know when uh, when you hit the black label uterus deadlift power lifting platform. You, you want your vagina to have full strength. <laughs> exactly. So let's yeah. talk about the way you, uh, you're touring uh, currently, man. You, you, like I said, 60-day U.S. tour through the winter, going up to Canada. You don't care about, you don't care about the weather. You're making it, it. You're just making it to the shows and killing it. And then right after that, you get a couple days off, and then you're flying to Russia, and you're doing all of Europe. So you're pretty much on tour nonstop almost four months. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, pretty much, because we have... Uh, we're still paying off the early Animal House years of Black Label, the booze tab. So we're like Norm from Cheers, but it's just a much larger bill. So 
we're just chipping away at that one. It's like Mount Everest. You know, you if you look at it, you just think to yourself, man, this thing's gigantic. But you know, if you're just taking little increments, you'll be fine. It's not it's not as daunting. It's still massive though. <laughs> well, how about uh, latest record Grimace Hits, which is uh, is fantastic, charted number four on the Billboard charts out here in in America in the top five. Did you see that coming? That's got to help yes, with the, so, the bar tab. Uh, right? My my wife said is in number one, so I still don't get any footsie rubs or any shoulder rubs yet. But we're working uh, on that. Uh, <laughs> so, so and in the uh, on this record, man, like every record that you put out. I always have a new uh, Zach Wild uh, solo. So, and I also have uh, my favorite live Zach Wild solos. Uh, recently, you you stole that when I saw you with Zach Sabbath and and Clutch out here. I'm in Las Vegas, um, and you came out to the crowd for people that don't know during War Pigs, and you just solo behind your head in the audience. So that trumped the uh, the first live guitar solo I did. You, I saw you do on the Mafia tour uh, when you did uh, In This River. So now that I have a new favorite live guitar solo, you put out a record, and my favorite song guitar solo is the day that heaven went away uh it's a beautiful solo you you know a great oh, song thanks, and um can you tell us i know it's kind of like pinpointing a certain song but can you tell us maybe a little bit about that song and what it's about um well no i mean obviously i mean uh lyrically it's uh you no know, it's funny i mean how you know i mean once the songs are out there it, it could be for whatever you want you know anybody the lyrics mean it whatever they mean to you know, anybody, if they're important or whatever, you know, I mean, at a certain point in their life or whatever, but, uh, no, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's funny. I mean, cause it's just like with, with the lyrics, uh, it's just always a matter. Cause they always come last anyways, you know, cause it's always usually the music and the melody. And then once we get it all recorded and everything, I'll just listen to it. And then I'll say, right, let me figure out what I want to write this about. And then I'll start writing the lyrics. But, uh, but no, I mean, you know, when we did that one, I'm trying to think. I mean, that, that one obviously has got a whole Hendrixy, you know. I mean, but it also reminds you of like uh, when I was when I was writing it. it almost kind of like the chorus reminds you of something like a, a Percy Sledge thing or a Sam Cooke, you know, like when a man loves a woman type thing, you know, with the chorus type, mm-hmm. you know, like the whole. Because I love all that stuff, you know, like the Percy Sledge stuff and the Sam Cooke stuff and everything like that. Like all the stuff you hear on Animal House, you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> but um. No, I, um, I'm trying to think as far as, and then like with the guitar solo, you know, with all the solos on that record, I could play them back for you. You know what I mean? Actually, I mean, all the records now, I mean, ever since I'm involved, I'll sit, I'll sit with the thing, you know, I'll have a couple of ball job and then I'll sit and I'll have the backing tracks and I'll just do like, you know, it's my little homework assignment in the morning before Adam would come up to the Black Vatican, you know, so <clears throat> I'd be seeing him at like one o'clock and I'd go up there around like, Nine ten o'clock in the morning, just like sit and start writing solos. You know, what I mean, but, you know, it's when the St. Rhodes School writing Neil Sean and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, and and the Pontiff obviously Pope Page and everything like that. But uh, no, so it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yes, yeah, it, it's a, the solo tells a story, and I completely agree with that man. And that that is cool with the, with the Sam Cooke reference because the first thing, like when you said that, and hopefully I'm not wrong, but like the beginning of the movie Ali, that's the Sam Cooke. Like there's a ten minute scene, right? Am I am I am I wrong on that? Do you? I don't know if you. Well, know. actually, I, I was it the, the Will Smith Ali movie? Yeah, I didn't. I haven't seen that one yet. Oh. Everyone says it's amazing, though. It's Michael Mann. Oh, I just did it. You got to check that out. You saw Heat, right? You got to see that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but, I'm, but that, but the Ali movie, I never got around to seeing that one. Yeah, it's. I know, but everybody said Will was amazing in it. Well, 
he was amazing. But like the opening scenes, ten minutes of silence, or I mean, not silence. It's just Sam Cooke playing live and Ali training, like running and doing it. It's it's like probably the best way you can open a boxing movie. But um, but it had the beginning, middle, and end, and then it's like the the director saw that and he had the storytelling with it. It was just like I said, that stuff like that is just cool. Uh, yeah, it does done really well. I know exactly. Yeah. So and then one thing I Zach that us fans we all just adore about you, man, is that you have that down to earth humor on display. Second you called, you made me laugh like that, you know, and you display it on your Twitter all the time and like these little videos. Like uh, I recently remember, like you had the I don't know if it was the vinyls or the booklet, but you kind of followed them through the house. They're all signed, and then you like yeah. screamed at the end of the video. And I mean, I in. All these videos always happen, like where you come up with these funny little concepts. Do you just make those up on the spot, or is there like a conversation no. beforehand? Well, yeah, but the best is people were asking. They go, "Man, whose idea was it? Who came up with the idea for the Room of Nightmares video?" I go, "That's not anybody's idea. That's us actually playing at an eleven-year-old birthday party because I go, the music business isn't what it used to be. Thanks <laughs> to downloading, I guess we have to get you know." A hundred bucks is a hundred bucks. You take the gig, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, now, Black Label, we play Palm Mitzvahs, Sweet Sixteens, High School Palms, uh, Weddings. <laughs> it just doesn't matter, man. You know, circumcision, <laughs> circumcision parties. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see. I want to hear you play Genocide Junkies at a circumcision party. That's that would yeah, be that would yeah, be my day. Course. That's a bucket list right there. <laughs> <laughs> totally <laughs> so, but the humor man you brought it to the the booklet on the album so when i got the booklet you know in the mail because the album's been out for a couple weeks now you have the grim reaper pretty much i, I say it like do it retirement things or like family man photos like like the one that that i love the best is like he's got his cell phone with his car broken down in front of him like and yeah, totally in the lyrics that's, that's father justin taking all those pictures with his buddy you know with death and his buddy's playing death well the same you know with the video for all that one shine because we weren't around at the time so we did like the whole bob dylan video with death you know what i mean yeah. he's sitting there playing or you know the guitar solo with a sickle and stuff like that so i mean it's just yeah, it's just pretty silly, man. So did Always. they just kind of do that and then send it your way? Or did you say, hey, have death do this, have death do this? Or you just kind of trust them on the humor? Yeah, I mean, Justin's amazing. Um, like, it's basically, yeah, it was almost kind of like a day in the life of death. You know what I mean? Him going to work, his car breaks down, him trying to barbecue, the flames kick around. You know, I mean, it's just like him cleaning the kitty litter box, you know. just Yeah, him, him having a moment of, you know, of contemplation you know i mean it's just it's just like ridiculous stuff because that, that's just like hey dude i'm a normal guy too man yeah. <laughs> that dude I, I what what is your favorite out of those photos because there's a, there's even one where death's sitting and he's like looking at the dandelion and like I, I imagine she loves me not she loves me like he's doing that like there's even one of those oh, totally right well you got that one then you got him in the gym lifting weights yeah. I mean, that one's, <laughs> you know so that one's pretty slamming so i mean uh no i think all of them are great that's I mean, what awesome. I wanted to do, I think what I want to do with Justin eventually is just do all of those prints and then do like signed versions of those prints just because they're like so ridiculous. Man. I would hang that in my living room without question. Uh, I, yeah, I, totally. I, I probably so wouldn't so do awesome. death on the shitter, but I would do. Yeah, I would do death on the shitter. Never mind. I changed my mind. immediately. Well, then that goes along with grimace shits. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Excellent, man. So, and then in the early days of, of Black Label, man, you, you guys put out a record a year. It was like for seven and eight records, boom, 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 every year. And then, yeah, and, and I mean, we were touring the whole time too. So, I mean, I mean, we actually really was more like how 
how everybody kind of did it in the 70s, you know what I mean? Because yeah. when, when you look on the dates on the Zeppelin records and the Sabbath records and Fleetwood Mac, and I mean, like every Elton John. I mean, the crazy thing with Elton John, he was pumping out double albums. I mean, you know, between, it was like Captain Fantastic, you know, Captain Fantastic. Then he was pumping out uh, Goodbye Yolbrook Road. Then he did Blue Moves was another double album. I mean, it's just like, I, I mean, those guys never stopped, man. You know, because you got to figure they were torn. But I remember mom was telling Mrs. O. Uh, Sharon was saying, she said, yeah, but Zaggy back then, the tours weren't as long, though. You know what I mean? Because it was just like, they would go, you know, obviously like Sabbath or Zeppelin would put the record out. Yeah. And it's like they would do X amount of dates in America. You know what I mean? And, and all the major markets, like they wouldn't go and hit all the beat, you know, go around America. Like nowadays, when Sabbath put out that 13 record, it, it was, mind you, it's a farewell tour. Yeah. But they came around America like three times. Yeah, I saw times are, You know, it's like, like, put it this way, instead of us playing, um, you know, Worcester, we'll play somewhere further further up or somewhere you know it's like a two hour or three hours away from worcester so everybody that's three hours away doesn't have to drive you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. we'll come to them or you know i mean like instead of playing the new jersey gig this time around we go further inside towards pennsylvania you know what i mean so it's just that or you know like if you do miami and you do florida you know then we'll play pensacola next time we're there you know another place in florida because it's i mean it's so huge you know what i mean yeah but definitely. but yeah i mean it's like the torn is just like now when we go out and roll, I mean, it's just like, even though there's like three years in between the records, we're like torn the whole three years. Oh, yeah. You know, which, which, I mean, actually, I, you know, when I look at it, I go, I, it doesn't really bother me, you know, like the one way or the other. It's just like, do you miss making the records like, you know, right after each other? It's just like, I mean, that was fun when we were making them like that because it was just like, it's, you know, me and you were going back in the studio again. So it's fun recording, you know what I mean? So, uh, but... I mean, it's, what was happening, what would happen actually a lot back then, it was like we'd be going around saying, oh, we got the Mafia records out. Or we like, oh, dude, I didn't know you had a new record out. You know what I mean? Because everyone still listened to the last one we just did. And then not used to it. But I also think, like, for me as a fan, like, uh, my first record that I got with you guys was uh, Alcohol, Fueled Brutality, the, the live record. Uh, that was the first yeah, one yeah, I got. Yeah. And then I went from there straight. And so, you know, 1919, Eternal all the way. But every time, and, and that's the thing, like a lot of fans, we would walk around the record store and look at our favorite bands and be like, what's this? You know, that's kind of a, how it was a little bit back then. But it was just, now it's even easier to follow, though, because of the social media and all that stuff with new records. Yeah, totally. Without a doubt. But you not, know what I mean? Yeah, not to sidetrack, I did have to ask you this question, because me and co -ho the co-host of the show, Brandon, we argue all the time. Uh, who's better, Billy Joel or Il Elton John to you? Actually, this is the funny thing. We were with a Billy Powell, God bless his soul, you know, with Skinner. Because <laughs> when we were out with Billy, I remember we were going, you know, because he was sitting in the piano bar one day. We were all drinking, and we were asking him to play Elton John songs. You know, like, Billy, do you know how to play Tiny Dancer? Do you know how to play <laughs> Madman Across the Water? You know, I mean, because, you know, you, it's Billy Powell. I mean, you know, he, as a piano guy, he's got to know these songs, just either learning them when he was... You know, and just being a fan of Billy, but his his guy, he was just like, man, everyone wants to know Elton songs. He goes, what the fuck, man? He goes, what about Billy fucking Joel? You know, because he was a Billy Joel guy. Billy yeah. was his guy. Yeah, totally, man. <laughs> like he he started whipping out all this fucking like if he was working at a holiday inn, he could be he could be playing fucking Billy Joel songs all fucking night long. 
Nice. I mean, this is like Billy Powell from Leonard Skinner. He wrote, <laughs> jamming on Freebird, you know what I mean? But it's just like, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's like a, that's a good debate. I mean, I'm, I'm always, I mean, they're both fucking ridiculous, but I mean, uh, I was always more of an Elton. Elton was my guy. Hey, still is to this. That's, but my, I mean, I love, that's but my Billy guy. Joel's, but Billy's ridic- equally as ridiculous, man. You know what I mean? I'm saying that between the songwriting and, the, and the, the playing and the performances and the singing, I mean, forget about it. Legendary so, man. When you but you play piano and and so who, who they're both equally as talented? Do you think or because for some reason? Yeah, I, I think yeah. so. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think you know they both have they both yeah they both have like insane chops and stuff like that. I mean it must be insane. My my one uh, niece went and saw them live. You know when they when they sit back to back or whatever. You know or face each other with the pianos and like Elton does. While they're looking at each other, Elton does a Billy song, and then Billy does an Elton song. Then they go back and forth, and then they sing like their songs together and shit. That's like fucking badass. Yeah, that was the tour. And Elton, <clears throat> Elton's calling it quits. Uh, Slayer is calling it quits. I, you know, thank God you're back on the you're on the final Aussie tour. So a lot of a lot of the peers. I'm not saying that Elton's is a peer, but like a lot of your peers are kind of thinking retirement. Um, has that ever crossed your mind? Um. No, uh, this is, uh, I think it's kind of like with the Motorhead thing. I mean, you just sort of, Keith Richards, you just do it until somebody drops, man. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't know what am I retiring to, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing exactly what I love doing. Uh, you know, I couldn't ask for anything more. I mean, you know, everything, I mean, between <laughs> the band, uh, the the guitar company you know starting with, and then having the coffee and then doing all these things outside of music and everything like that it's like you know me and you we still have the paper out we now we're mowing lawns and then we're cleaning people's pools and we're doing i'm just saying when we were kids you know what i mean to to do things so um <clears throat> no i mean I, I just always laugh when any of our friends are just like i don't want to talk i go yeah but what's the point that's the reason why you had posters of jimmy page up on the wall you know, all your favorite guys. So, I mean, it's just like, you're, I mean, you know, like with the running joke, it's like, oh, how you doing today? It's like, oh, I'm living a dream. You know, it's like, actually, yeah, I am. Yeah. I mean, for real, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously going out on the road, playing again with the boss, and then doing the Zach Sabbath thing, and then mm-hmm. doing, I, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't, I really wouldn't change my situation for anything. Because, you know, we, I'm rolling with all the guys that I did rolling with, and then, and we have a good time, man. Yeah. My dad used to tell me, he's like, life is movement. Don't ever stop moving. Like, even when you're 70, you keep moving or you'll just die. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I remember yeah. my father when he retired, you know, when he retired, that's when his, like, drinking got really bad. Just because he had nothing, he, he didn't have anything to go to or nothing to do. He'd mow the lawn, and then it was like, all right, well, now I got 23 days left, 23 hours left in the day. What the fuck am I going to do? So uh, I remember when he got the job up at the gas station, he was working the graveyard shift. Loved it. Just because you would go in with coffee for him, Philly would come in with coffee with him and shoot the shit with him, you know what I mean? And, and just like talk about the Yankees, talk about, you know, what's going on in the world or whatever. And I mean, it's just like, and he loved he loved that. The cops would come in and hang out with him. I mean, everybody talked about World War II stories and everything like that. So, but it just gave him, it, it gave him the reason to exist, exactly, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, because otherwise, yeah, I, I agree. Because I mean, everyone asks Keith Richards that. They're, they're just like, when are you guys going to retire? He goes, retire from what? Retire from the <laughs> dream. I know. You're right. Yeah. I can, When you said that, I was like, that I, totally I mean, makes sense. It's yeah. just, I, th- I think it is, I think it's just because it's like rock and roll was so young. You know, I mean, I'm just saying, because, you you know, when you look at Led, Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and, you know, you, you go, none of those guys, it, they created that 
form of music. So what I'm just saying is when they were doing it at in their mid late twenties, everyone's figuring where there is no parameter to how long you're supposed to do this for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not like a blues artist, you know what I mean? B.B. King, if B.B. King lived to, God bless his soul, I mean, but if B.B., me and you manage him, he lives to 115, he's going to be asking us, his wife is going to be calling us, going, guys, can you put him back out on the road? He doesn't know what to do with himself. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's like, all right, no problem. We'll book another tour. You know, we'll have him do another record and book another tour. And not only that, he loves doing it. I mean, Buddy Guy, with, with the experience and thing, for his 80th birthday, we're sitting there hanging out, and it's like, he just did it. He does his one every year at BB King's Blue Bar in Chicago, and it's packed. I mean, a line around the building for like the whole week or whatever. And like everybody goes in, has a great time. He's telling jokes, doing everything. The band sounds great. Buddy's still playing and drinking. And it's it's. He's just like, what the fuck am I going to retire to? Because this is like this is the reason why you work so hard for all those years is to build what you have, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I mean, some some of the guys, you know, my peers and my buddies that I started when I with Oz back in '88. They're either they were, you know, they'd be like, "Oh man, I wanted to go home, you know, spend time with my family and this and that." And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I I got four kids too, bro. Yeah, so I, it doesn't I it doesn't register to me. I'm like, well, what else would you do if we were truck drivers? What would we do? It's what you do for a living, bro. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you're blessed that you get a chance to do what you love doing is play music. You know, a hundred percent, man, a hundred percent. And and I always feel like if I changed what I was doing, my family wouldn't. I would have to readapt to me, and my family wouldn't recognize me or <laughs> yeah, love exactly. me. For, be like, okay, you're different now. I know because <laughs> I have, <laughs> no, totally not. You know, like and, yeah, and all not. that stuff. So I did want to touch base on the uh, on a, a couple things. First, Death Wish Coffee. That's the coffee that's uh, you, you are behind this, correct? Yeah, no. Uh, Blasco ended up. He's yeah. he's friends with the guys uh, with the whole gang over there. So we were talking about coffees and this and that, and, there, and then it came about like us doing something with them. And I said, "Yeah, I'd love to, man." I said, "Let's do." I, you know, I think we were talking about too. We should start our own coffee or whatever. It's like, dude, I know the guys that have it already going on. And I was like, "All right, cool." And then we hooked up with them and. And that's how we have the, the Valhalla job. And now we have the, the coffee, the Odin Force Blend coffee. Now we just started doing the espresso. Nice. So it's like, yeah, and they're, they're amazing people, man. They're super cool. And they're just, uh, yeah, without a doubt. It's like, you know, our, our Death Wish family, old Doom over there. So uh, we just saw them long ago. They raised like 20 grand for St. Jude's with mugs and all that stuff. So it, it's great. Beautiful, man. That's 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 excellent to hear. So, and and I, I uh, yeah, the coffee. I love the coffee. How there, there's a lot of bands that are, are kind of going the coffee route. I know uh, Charlie Bonani from Anthrax and things like that, and um, uh, from Aerosmith. I forgot who was doing it. But anyways, the point is, is that I love the fact that there is caffeine with metal because it goes so well together in my mind. <laughs> you know, like the drinking does. It's like you wake up with the coffee. So it's yeah, well, you know, that whole thing. You just move on. Well, you know. After a good night of blasting yourself into submission and berserking, you have a couple Javas, you know, along with the six pack. That's like just get you feeling normal again. Exactly. Or when, or when your liver is completely blown out, you just move on to the coffee alone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then the next thing I want to talk about, Zach Sabbath, man. I got to catch you guys twice out in Vegas this last year. I know you're going to come back out for Psycho Vegas, which I'm super excited about every year. That's a, just a great festival in general. Um, but um, 
Would you ever record kind of a... I was thinking about this when I saw you guys. I'm like, would you ever record like a covers record as Zach Sabbath or is this just going to be a touring project? Because now that Sabbath is retired, to me, the best representation anybody's going to get of that and it's completely different, you know? So uh, what are your plans with that in the future? Um, no, I don't know. I mean, you know, <clears throat> we did... I mean, right now it's just basically doing a lot of bootleg type things. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean... You know, I mean, obviously, no one's going to top the originals, but I mean, but the whole thing is, uh, yeah, if we ever did something like that, you never know. I mean, who knows, man, where the thing's going to lead. I mean, it started as me and Blasco doing a, you know, the metal all-stars things, and then it turned into a joke because it was just like we had different drummers all the time. The common ground was like, see if they know any Sabbath tunes, and then Blasco just said, should we just do the Zach Sabbath set? You know, so that's where the whole thing came from. You know, that was the running joke, and then now, now we're... Now it's a torn band, so you know. I mean, it's hysterical. Now but, you I know, have a T-shirt that says that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, there you go. No, but it's just a great way to get together and celebrate. I mean, celebrate our favorite band, you know, because it's just like I just laugh. I was I was in a me and you were playing Sabbath at keg parties in people's kitchens and basements when we were fifteen, and now I'm fifty-one years old, and with me and you were still playing. Black Sabbath songs and keg parties, but except the keg parties are a bit bigger. <laughs> nice, dude. Yeah. Oh, that is the dream right there. Yeah. I, I'm not doing anything it's that pretty, I It's hysterical, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, dude, and um, like I said, if anybody hasn't seen the Zach Sabbath, they got to run out there. It's it's phenomenal. I, I, I just have a blast. And you're always playing small venues. Like I said, when I saw you with Clutch, you came out in the crowd. Which was really cool, man. And uh, but well, I gotta, gotta, you know, and once again, the music business isn't what it is. So I have to come out and take drink orders and do what I gotta do. Just to, you know. <laughs> you didn't you, bring you, me my wings. Up for, yeah, if you yeah. can't make it to record sales because that's gone. You know, you, you're ten bar. You know what I'm saying? You go out, you make sure everybody's happy and they're having a nice time. <laughs> exactly. But and and then we're gonna go. And then after this, you're gonna go back to the arenas. You're gonna do the Aussie. Uh, the, the, the final tours um, and um, there is a record in the works correct the final record with Ozzy Osbourne um, I don't know I mean I know Oz writes with his buddies and stuff like that he has a bunch of friends he jams with and then uh, I mean, if Oz is just like Zach you got any riffs laying around or you got uh, any mellow stuff or whatever it's like yeah Ozzy, you, know, you know pick what you like you know what I mean I mean that's what we've always done anyways you know uh, I jam Miracle Man or whatever. He go, what's that one? I was just like, you know, I just wrote da 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 da. He's like, I keep playing that. And then da 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 da. He's that what I sing? I go, yeah, yeah. You keep playing it. Let me sing something about it. So I mean, that's how we get it back in the day. And, but, and um, how excited are you to just be on that final roster with them? No, I mean, it's just, I mean, in between those nine years when Gus was out there killing it, I mean, it was just like. Uh, you know, we still keep in touch doing a, you know, obviously birthdays, mom's birthday, Ozzy's birthday, the kids' birthdays, uh, Christmas and everything, you know, so we're always in touch. And then otherwise me and Barb and Oz and Sharon would go out for dinner, you know what I mean? And just like hang out and talk and just catch up and see what's going on in everybody's lives and just like talk about the comedy or whatever, you know, just to hear about so-and-so or whatever. It's just like, oh my God, you know what I mean? But it's just like, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like uh and I wasn't playing with them anymore. I don't care. You know, it's like with your yeah. parents. I mean, you move out of the house, you still go over on weekends and, you know, bring them milk and eggs and change the light bulbs and clean the house for them. You know what I mean? Totally, man. Yeah. And uh, one last question, man. We There was some bad news uh, about, you know, former Black Label Society uh, member Nick Cantonese. Now, when someone gets in trouble and does something that, you know, is, is seemed heinous, is your first reaction going to be like, I hope he gets help? Or is it, hey, he's out of the will? No, I, I 
Yeah, I mean, when Nick left, I hadn't spoken to him once. I mean, I was like, yeah, you know, so the whole thing is, I know Nick was teaching and everything like that. And, you know, just like anybody that rolls with us, you always wish him the best. And it's a fraternity and a brotherhood. You want everybody to be happy, man. So, I mean, the, you know, the whole thing is, like people were like Zach, what did you have to say? I go nothing. I go, I'm as in shock as everybody else is. Mm-hmm. I would have never seen this coming, man. You know what I mean at all. So I mean, it was just like I remember when we found out. I was like, you gotta be kidding me, man. So you know, but it was just like, uh, yeah. Was, I mean, it's just like I'm pretty much just like everybody else. That's all the news. It was just like, wow. This is uh, we're fired this under very ungood. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it, it it's it's a heartbreaker, and that's the thing is that like there's a lot of times where um, people move on, they change quickly, you know, um, when their lives change, and and then you can't you can't remember them exactly the same. But I I, I always come from that weird school of uh, forgiveness and positivity, where I'm like, I just hope they they find their shit, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. one of my one of my buddies was just asking, he was just like, did you the whole 17 years you were like, did you ever see anything like I no nothing would have given me anything to ever tell you any like otherwise you know what i mean because nick was always sweet with everybody and there's always a good dude so i i'm just baffled i mean I, i'm just like everybody else and me and you were hanging with him for 17 years you'd be calling me up going zach you see this i'm like i i don't even know what to say man yeah i met him be, one time you, know, you would have been floored too you know what i mean like zach what the fuck is this man yeah, yeah like, it just seemed like the coolest guy. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's obviously it's just a, a quick meeting. But yeah, I, I did meet him one time and, and after a show, and he was just as as awesome. Yeah, as just as man. Totally sweet out, man. Yeah. So with that, man, Grimace Hits is out now. Everybody, you got to get out there and get it. Fantastic record. Um, I there's not one in the catalog that I don't revisit constantly. You know. Uh, so uh, I'm just really happy that the train is rolling again and the record's doing well sales wise. And, and you guys are on a fantastic tour with COC. I hate God, red fang, depending where you guys are at, but, uh, I, yeah, I mean, it's great, man. I mean, all the guys are killing it every night, pepper and Jimmy and, and all the, and the red fang fellows are just crushing it every night. So it's a great, I know all good people, man. So, it, you know, I've known pepper and Jimmy for years. So, and the red fang guys are killing it every night. So it's good. It's a good time, man. Great, man. And then the Aussie tours, I know we got a couple dates, but uh, I'm assuming that's going to run probably through 2019. We're thinking he's going to hit everything up and, and all that. So, uh, Zach, you're going to be a super busy guy. Like That's how you like it, though, and that's how we like it. So we'll be seeing you constantly through the years, man. And uh, everybody, once again, go pick up Grimace Hits. Make sure you join Zach on Twitter. He'll make you laugh uh, bi-weekly for sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> and don't miss out on Death Wish Coffee, guys. Go, go, same thing. Go to the Twitter, figure it out, get some coffee. But it's fantastic stuff. So, uh, Zach, man, I want to thank you so much for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Well, it was great talking to you, my brother. And I'll say, where you at right now? I'm in Las Vegas. I'll, I'll see oh, you guys. In Vegas. All right. Well, we'll see you when we hit the Vegas chapter, brother. Come yeah. up and say hey. Oh, for sure, I will. And then I'll see you at Psycho Vegas when Zach Sabbath's playing. Man, I got you twice this year. It's gonna be a great time. Awesome, man. Cool. All right, my brother. I'll talk to you in a bit, buddy. Thanks, Zach. Bye. Bye, brother.
if it's punk, metal, or rock, Rockabilia is your one-stop shop for all band merch. They have over 500,000 items to choose from. Hard to find stuff that you can't get anywhere else with the largest selection of music merchandise available in the world. Doesn't matter if it's hats, shirts, autograph items, patches for your battle vest, Rockabilia will have you covered. And everything is officially licensed. Don't fall for the Chinese counterfeit band merch on Amazon or the targeted Facebook post promoting a bootleg product. If you support Rockabilia, you're supporting the artists. Been around since 1987 with 30 years of giving you the best memorabilia. So for your punk, metal, and rock memorabilia, there's only one place to go, www.rockabilia.com. And we're back, guys. All right, the songs you heard is off Grimace Hits. Uh, That record is out now. Guys, make sure you go pick up your copy. The first song is called Trampled. Second song is called Room of Nightmares. And uh, just to remind you, they are currently on tour with COC. I Hate God and Red Fang in different venues, but that is a tour you do not want to miss. So make sure you get your tickets for that. And uh, with that, uh, any more Venom to spew, Mr. Han? No, no, no. Are no, you no, good? Any, uh... any, more, any more thing there? <laughs> Jocelyn, uh, can you tell me the people you know I don't make fun of them on the show? Um, yeah, I won't say nothing no, about No, I them. have no loyalty to my friends. Okay. <laughs> uh, just ask no. Gooch. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> so until next week, guys, Metal Sucks Podcast is over and out. Bye-bye. The Metal Sucks Podcast is so- Signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.